Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. We want to discover what makes creative people tick. Join us as we explore what it means to be a writer, and more importantly, what it means to be a person. Remember why you love music, and welcome to Pitch List. Hey, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. We are proud to announce that this episode of Pitch List is sponsored by CMA Fest 2019. Starting tomorrow and through this Sunday, June 9th, get ready to see all your favorite bands and artists in one weekend, including podcast alumni like Shy Carter, Jillian Jacqueline, Hunter Hayes, and more. Just download the CMA Fest app or go to cmafest.com to get your four-day passes before they're gone. And now, let's get on to today's episode. We've got something a little bit different for you today. I sat down with songwriting supergroup Stereo Saga. Stereo Saga is made up of Brian Simpson, Ryan Tindall, and Jordan Rigby. They've got quite a little buzz about them on Music Row right now, and their first posting has made some very influential Spotify playlists. So here's a few of their individual credits. Brian has written hits for Blake Shelton, Tim McGraw, and a lot more. Ryan has written for Eric Church, Dirks Bentley, and again, a lot more. Jordan is the producer of the group. He's got tons of cool credits, and he's the one who makes Stereo Saga sound so fresh and cool. We had a long, wide-ranging chat on a sunny Nashville Saturday morning. I feel fortunate to get to talk to these guys because I think their project's going to be big. Without any further ado, here's my talk with Stereo Saga. Good morning. It's a Saturday morning. Yes. And everyone's up early. I have with me today three gentlemen. To my right, I'm going to introduce Brian Simpson. Hey. Ryan Tindall. Hello, world. Jordan Rigby. (laughs) Yo. Together, they have a group called Stereo Saga. Brian, would it be right to call it a group? I think so. Yeah. yeah. But it's a little group. It's a group. It's a group. Right. But (laughs) but it's not your traditional. It's a pack. It's not a traditional band. No, no, no. Because you guys are all full-time songwriters. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to tell you, and then you tell me if this is right. Okay. So, And you guys are sort of banded together to do an experimental project. Maybe that's a little edgier than you might do or fun. Is that that accurate? And then, you know, sort of promote your songwriting as an artist instead of I'm a songwriter pitching a song. Yeah. Yeah, we we all like making music together. So I think this was an opportunity to... Uh, just get more music out into the world and we kind of make everything we produce everything together and you know um, write all the songs and then own everything and yeah it's out there and uh, you know we put our first song nothing's up um, up uh, last about, Friday yeah last right. Friday and um, I think the goal for us was to have I'll have a lot of fun making music to it's 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 one thing to write for other artists on a regular basis or record for other artists and but there's you know, you, you you obviously are at the uh, uh, they're they're a certain kind of gatekeeper that you know we have they have they have yeah, things they have to there's, there's rules yeah there's and constraints and exactly. even if they're imagined yeah. you know 
if you guys have a um, Ryan and I were talking before we started about an artist that he's had a lot of success with and you know a lot of times it's just that you and that artist share a sensibility absolutely but at the same time you begin to develop at least what you think is you know the rules of the road for this artist yeah but this sounds like more of a freedom to, yeah. to do something fun now are you guys all is it a bluegrassy kind of thing i know that at least two of you guys have a bluegrass background well, probably just me has a. I don't know if Ryan Ryan has. Do a, you do you have somewhat of a bluegrass? I, I mean, honestly, my bluegrass background started with Brian. <laughs> back, oh, back okay, about. I read something about you doing some bluegrass, yeah, but we, it was with him. Yeah, we. Okay, I see how this sort is of going. Met, he converted you. I guess it's a, uh, about fifteen or sixteen years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. So that 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 was sort of the beginning of my uh, introduction with bluegrass was just kind of hanging out with this guy and uh anyway jordan do you want to claim any i've actually never had a no i did not have a bluegrass background (laughs) but stereo saga is certainly i think it's sorry is it is sort of this sort of conglomeration of of a bunch of all the different things that we listen to um we write for country we're from the south you know but we listen to all kinds of music whether it be um you know whether it be a beck or whether it be radiohead or whether it be uh Chili peppers, the chili peppers, yeah. or you yeah. know, or new pop stuff that we really love, or whatever it is, and so we just kind of get in there and like, does it feel good? Does it sound something like something we'd listen to? Because being three people, that's enough of a um, yeah. That's going to give enough you sourcing. A, that's you know? right. That is going to give you a pretty uh, wide uh, swath of styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you want to pitch one of these Stereo Saga songs to an artist, mm-hmm. do you just direct them to your streaming, like go to Spotify and listen, or send them a link? Or do you not even do that? Do you just kind of put the music up and let people find it? That's uh, honestly, that's more of the plan for this stuff is just to kind of put put it up, and, just put it up and see what happens. You know, let the world discover it. I mean, that's yeah. it's sort of a new trend. I think uh, with songwriters is you're always just trying to find a new avenue to get your yeah. your music out there. Um, and there was a record that Jordan and I did last year on my buddy Jeff Hyde, who plays with yeah. uh, in Eric Church's band, and he and I have been writing for you know years but there's a couple of we did that record you know just because he wanted to do a record and at the same time we were it's it was a different avenue for people to listen to his songs and sort of who he is as an artist and it turns out that you know i think there's been two or three songs off of that record that got cut as a result for it just being out there in the world in a different way as opposed to just you know sending someone a demo yeah and a lot of those songs were like five years old before we even started the record right i mean yeah, they had just I mean, been sitting out yeah, there stuff that you guys wrote 10 years old you okay know, so, so you had collected a lot of material <clears throat> yeah a lot of country songwriters really have a lot of influence and even guys that are pretty country when you sit down and talk to them you'll hear names like radiohead and beck um uh, I think it's, don't you guys think it's interesting? I mean, every now and then I'll meet a guy who's really country. There was a guy named Kerry Kurt Phillips, who's a great country lyricist who oh, kind yeah. of, I learned from a long time ago. Um, and he was country. He didn't like anything but country. I mean, he had no interest in, he didn't even, he didn't even know Tom Petty was like literally, <laughs> literally, <laughs> right, right, right. but y- those guys are rare. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's awesome. I, I think it's too. awesome I to, do too. to be the thing you are. So that's, that's kind of like, what we're trying to do is just reflect exactly who we are 
and not be worried about whether it's fits in this place or fits in this other place. Right. Most of my projects that I've ever done in the past, my wife has already determined is like the, from the genre nonprofit. So it's like, it's, it makes sense. So she, she's not that good. She's, she's like, oh, this could actually, this sounds like music people would actually listen to and dance right. to and like have fun yeah. to and like turn on at a party. And yeah. um, so this, this whole thing was like Ryan's, Ryan's idea just because, uh, he gets the credit and the blame. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, <laughs> but, but that, you know, we, we were like making music. We don't always like, you know, putting it in the strainer of, of, you know, making sure that, you know, 10 other people like it once it leaves our room, once it leaves our right. hands and it, right. and, and so many things are out of your control in the music business. And we just like the idea of the concept of like, let's put something out there that we, we, got to because i think at the end of the day we don't want to end our time in the music business going complaining that we um that that we didn't get the fullness of all that we had out there in the world so this is an opportunity for us to do that and say it ain't nobody else's fault if you don't like this it's because whatever we we're doing in that time didn't work exactly. but at least now we can't we can't say oh well they screwed up the recording of our yeah. demo or yeah, right. or the singer or, didn't or passionately sing it or whatever or they don't cut my good songs yeah and uh you know it's counterintuitive, but I'll bet you what happens with this, because I've seen these type of projects before, um, in the process of following your heart, you kind of hit, you can hit pay dirt better than you thought you would. So I'm curious to see where you guys go with this. We'll have to do a follow-up in a year. Because, yeah. because um, back in the day, Amy and I, with a guy named Marv Green and Bill Luther did a similar thing except we made cds because that was the thing at the time i had that but, CD. but we made a couple of those cds and uh man we got some big cuts off that and that that was the same the spirit of it was the same which was like we're gonna quit trying to write for so and so or make it this or that we're just gonna do exactly what we want to do and I, I think it's great and that's why i wanted to have you guys on the podcast i think it's a great message to to send out to writers especially writers at the beginning of their careers anything you can do to get yourself in that place where you're truly happy and expressing yourself in a pure way is your best shot. Really? It, it doesn't yeah. seem like it would, but it is. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I just, yeah, because y'all are going to write or create something that's new and different and exciting. I agree with what you're saying because I mean, at the end of the day, all of, all of the songwriters are, there's a piece of them that they are artists, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, that's what got, them, that's what got them going. There is a voice inside of them. Absolutely. That is them. I've and, not met one that there's not. Yeah. I mean, they all have it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes in this business, it's easy to, because uh, we do have to to cater to so many different people. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the times our job is to try to find what someone else is, want, what someone else wants to say in the best way. And it's mm -hmm. not always what we want to say or what we would sing about. Right. Um, and it's nice just to be able to step back and honestly, we don't take ourselves super seriously when we do this music. I mean, a lot of it is born on the fly, you know, it's like yeah. another, another great thing that, are, that could make it very successful. Yeah. And this, this I actually mean, worked out well because I, I'm actually not a songwriter. I, I dwell kind of in the area of production and engineering, but I had just finished building a studio, um, out of my home. By the time Brian and Ryan came up with the idea, they had, they'd been writing forever, and they had all these songs. And so by the time I finished building the studio, you know, I basically had this place, you know, all ready to go. And then we had these songs ready to just start recording. So we were like, why not just keep doing this? Just keep, let's just produce it ourselves. Yeah, that's kind of how we broke in the room, you know? Yeah. Well, I project, think it's interesting so. that you guys as a, 
group have a producer. You know, that's a new element to this, too. Yeah, yeah. That would traditionally be done on the outside, although the way country music is today, just like pop, um, I think that's a necessary part. So let's talk about that. That's interesting. So you don't view yourself as strictly a writer. You yeah, see I don't that really write. More, okay, you don't write. Mm-mm. So would you call yourself a track guy? No, um, mostly, mostly an engineer. Me and Ryan have been doing a few records together for a while. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, but I dwell mostly on the side of engineering. I love sound. I love technical stuff. I'm a gear snob. Um, and then, you know, Ryan and Brian, like I've always loved their songs. They've been writing together forever. Um, but yeah, me and Ryan have been working together for quite a while doing records here and there. So yeah, do you, for, are for you 25 mixing? year olds, we've been writing forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you mix it also? I do. I okay. Um, and I also play bass. So Jordan's right. a killer bass player. He plays all the bass on the. Uh, okay. The so since you're not writing any of this, right, mm-hmm. do you end up being the arbiter of what's good and what's not? When they bring stuff in, do you end up sort of refereeing any of those? Not kind necessarily, of no. I or mean, is I, it all, do you guys all kind of agree? Nah, we all yeah. kind of, you know, monitor each other. Kind you of, know? I mean, yeah. some, you know how it is in the studio. Sometimes somebody has the hot hand because they're in the mood that day. Yep. And, you know, they get on a roll. And our, our philosophy is like, you know, if somebody's on a roll, you just let the big dog eat and then stay out of their way. Sometimes it's Brian. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's Jordan, you know. But, and the good thing about, What's great about the three of us is we are all very, very different. Uh, we all bring something very different to the table. I mean, Jordan is one of the best uh, engineers and uh, and mixers in Nashville. I mean, oh, that's one of the reasons I, I mean, I met him when he was straight out of Belmont, and uh, you know, immediately recognized the talent because he's he he has. Uh, the great tendencies of an engineer, which is he's super ADD. And I, I think, it, and I mean that as a compliment, like he's so meticulous about things that, you know, maybe the outside world would never pay attention to that at the end of the day, make a huge difference. By the t- I mean, he, he oh, always yeah. finds a way to get that extra 5% out of every mm-hmm. track. And Very by the time, OCD, yeah. by the time you multiply that, you know, a track sure. times 40 and there's 45 tracks, then it's a lot bigger than 5%. Well, you know? and it's, I think for, for you guys, it's the ability to get the microscope out and get down to a small enough level, freeze time, get to a small enough level where you can really see what's happening. And some people have that skill set and some don't. And what's been, what's been really fun about this is like, especially for Jordan and I, and then for Brian to be a part of it is, you know, Jordan and I having this space, uh, where, because neither one of us are super like in the box people. I mean, a lot right. of the, a lot of this, uh, we ha- we know how to do that. But at the end of the day, Jordan and I really got along because we're we just love analog gear. We I love the sound yeah. of tubes. Yes. I love the sound of electronics. Well, I like analog playing too. Yeah, you know, yeah. putting stuff on a grid is uh, boy. I mean, we could go a whole podcast about it. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. easy. It in the beginning, it seems like a great idea because everything gets on the grid, but it's not human. Yeah, and it's it's you know. Well, I, I definitely think that musicians work hard, but we have a natural tendency towards the laziness. So there's probably the possibility oh, yeah. of like, if you give me that option, I it definitely is not something I will always refuse. So probably he's like, oh okay, give me something that tells me exactly where to to play. But if you have live players, there's a there's a <laughs> Richard Rohr quote that says, "Divine perfection is learning to love the imperfect," and um, is 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 being able to love the imperfect. And uh, that, that, but that's really difficult to do, given the opportunity to make things as perfect as possible. So I know Jordan has the uh, hard work of uh, 
making sure it still sounds human at the end of the day because he has all the buttons to push. I have a question for Jordan. What's up? And this is just totally inside baseball, but what's your take on bass these days? I'm hearing demos just, I don't know how they could make the bass louder. And it, it definitely adds a richness and a, um, it makes it more expensive sounding for sure. But they're just bass heavy. Mm, oh, have you just noticed being that? Prominent, just just prominent. prominent. Yeah. Just like, wow. Love that. <clears throat> well, yeah, I feel he, like uh, clearly I can see what's happening. He's like, really? <laughs> That's my right. fault. Well, yeah, he's a, but you're asking a, <laughs> yeah, ba- you're, you're asking a bass player. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I feel like a big part of that, maybe the, the bass is creeping through maybe more these days is, I mean, Jordan, you chime in if you think this is wrong, but you know, a lot of the more popular sound these days is just, I feel like more of a scooped sound. Like the mids are not as smiley as, yeah it's it's more of a smile mm-hmm. it's a lot of high end yeah, and a lot true. of low end and yeah. you know some of the low end is you know the sub 40 hertz well as long as it doesn't there. start rattling your speakers yeah. i mean it's it's pretty cool i mean you know i mean i think and honestly i think a lot of that comes from the the limiting that's going on these days you know the loudness yeah, totally war and jordan mean. and i you know we'll go on a soapbox about the loudness war but yeah um, we can all sit here and agree that that is no way to approach music Okay. Yeah. At the same time, if you're going to send artist X your demo, I'm going to brick wall that son of a bitch. I promise yeah, you. Right. I'm going to make it to where it's like jumping out of the speaker with a knife. <laughs> well, it sucks you know what because I mean? like to the ordinary consumer, psychologically, when you hear something that's louder, it comes off as better sonically. Yep, it does. And that sucks. Because, I but mean, it's true. It's, it is true, yeah. But, I mean, dude, every mix that we have done, you compare it with the limiter on and off. It's always so much more pleasing with it off. And it's... It's I mean, more it's, dynamic. It's more dynamic. Yeah, it's you just f- it feels more musical. I think it's birth of like just comparison between like you're saying like people turning in certain things at a certain level, and when they hear them in comparison to yours, if you're especially for us and we were making um, song demos or whatever, if someone's pitching our song to an artist, then if our song sounds super quiet after yeah something somebody that was willing to make something that was probably too loud mm-hmm. but ours comes in after that we our yep. somehow seems like it has less energy underwhelming and it's it seems smaller because yeah. they're competing on playlists now so your your song yeah. our song is on a bunch of uh, you know being this compared is great. to other people's projects jordan said it you know if your song's louder it's better that quote taken out of context just under your, <laughs> a picture of you louder is better <laughs> yeah says you're on mix magazine next like inside mix magazine <laughs> gotta compete well and the thing yeah. is is it all trickles down too but and, and by that i mean uh you know so we've had situations to where someone an artist had a demo that was super loud and it was it was like you know like we said it was like uh, pitch list loud where it's just unbelievably loud mm-hmm. um and then you know we try to do a you know a nice pristine recording of it and then they come back and say well this isn't as loud as the demo right. um there's a serious manipulation of audio going on absolutely. at a radio station mm-hmm. and i think the demos are probably simulating that so that when the artist or A and R hears it, it sounds like it's on the radio. Like radio. Yeah. That's the theory I've heard, and I think it probably is true. I think that's that where sense. it was all born. Gillian Welch and David Rawlings, when they were first going around and playing bars and stuff, they they're you know they'd be playing over rowdy bar, and it'd just be them two guitars and soft voices, <laughs> and they yeah, and very as soft. opposed to trying to get louder, they would actually get quieter. 
that was their their thing. They were like, we're not going to try and get above you because we just simply can't. So we're going to try and get quieter. And they said the crowd would at some point would respond to that and be drawn in to hearing just like somebody. If Ryan and Jordan are sitting here whispering about something, I want to know what they're saying right. more than I want to know if they're yelling it. You know what I've I mean? Heard, it's a really interesting uh, thought. I've heard it said the same about speaking. I read some stat that said, like, especially in country music, that um, the last whatever, there's only like three number one songs out of the last seven people that have won, like, uh, or seven uh, artists that have won uh, the Grammy for Country Record of the Year, Country Album of the Year, Country Artist of the Year, whatever like that. And so you have Stapleton and you have Casey Musgraves and you have, um, who else? Uh, Miranda Lambert, I think she has the most of them. We have three or four different ones that have hits. But, and then, but those people don't have, so they don't have a ton of number one radio hits, but they're obviously winning the people Yep. You know, people are listening to and those records have a tendency to be a little quieter unless, you know, you know they do. They yeah. they're a little bit. There's more. They're more. What, what I what we used to call high fi. They're a little yeah. bit more. Uh, yeah. Really. I mean, Jason Isbell's records do really well. He sells out six yep. days in a row at the rhyme. And it's 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 as though somebody, you know, especially in the country market, they're just. There is a there's like seems to be this silent war going on about how this thing is going to break at some point. Maybe it doesn't have to. I don't really care if it does. And maybe the problem is is that like as loud as the and as hard as the country records are trying to sound, they still don't sound harder than a hip hop record or something like that. So they don't sound or a rap record. So people that work in these offices, if they're wanting to drive down the road and hear something hard that that really kills, they're probably not going to turn on a commercial country record that's trying to be hard they'll turn on a kendrick lamar record that really right, is that really so is. you get into the thing of like this so they don't really they end up not i don't know what the uh, it ends up not even doing what it's supposed to do anyway you know right. what i mean like right it's not it's not getting you there because you just take the other option if you're going to well, compete and there's a whole other thing and boy we got into the uh weeds which is great because we can we, no that's what we do on our yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we do that all, everything being said what we just said here's another thing i think is true i heard uh whiskey lullaby the other day on the mm -hmm. radio okay well all that shit went out the window on that one because if you hear a lyric like that sung like that none of this crap matters absolutely yeah you know what i mean so we're we're still talking about things that pale in comparison to a great song and a great performance. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you I do. Heard, I heard Rick Rubin just talking recently and saying that, that the, in the, in, in the studio, the, the him and his artists never consider the audience because once they consider that they're making changes that are not really changes that necessarily something that they want to do. They're doing right. it because someone else might want to hear something some way. We're, we're all in agreement on that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Okay. Hallie, one of the dangerous questions every now and then you hear in the studio is, is when you hear, will this work for radio? And at that point, it's like, man, come on, do your own thing. Yeah, I and agree. there's people that got mortgages and stuff and kids in college that all of a sudden they can't pay for if it doesn't work at radio. So I get that there's that, you know. Yeah, but again. I'm not, I'm not casting shame on those people that are making those decisions. No, no, no. But, but I will say I think it's counterproductive mm -hmm. because – Creatively, yeah. You know, when you're worried, look, I'm saying this as a guy who's lived what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, what happens is you get panicky. You're like, oh, I need another song on the radio, and these new kids are doing this thing. I'll go over and do It's like, man, you should just absolutely go for the heart of what you want to do, and you should not worry about radio. I, I, used, to, I used to write um, below Chris Stapleton 
at the publishing house where I wrote at, and he would be up there stomping and singing like a. And he's loud too. T- like yeah, like a pterodactyl in a mason jar, just like destroying. <laughs> Every, it sounded unbelievable. And I heard it for year and year after year, just this incredible songs, incredible voice and all this stuff. And yet everybody kept trying to make this perfect radio song. And every day I'd be down there just going like, just live feed this somehow. I promise. Right. He's in a voice. Right. That you just put the voice out there. Yeah, people are going to love it. Yeah, people are going to love it. And they, beat, they ate it up. And finally, that's kind of what took took well, place, it took, really. It took Justin Timberlake to come in and uh, damn halfway shame the town into promoting him to be honest about it yeah you know and there chris is not the only one yeah and sometimes like what we're doing now is like with stereo sagas the goal is to take our shot like yeah not not let someone else decide our sort of destiny right and see so you guys and i'm just i always try to bring this back to whoever might be listening to the podcast to sort of give them value you guys doing exactly your heart no matter how crazy it is, no matter how weird it is, it has a chance to connect. It's like, you you know, well, this is kind of an odd music. Well, guess what? There's a lot of odd people out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. quote, normal people who like odd shit. My favorite Arcade Fire song is Never Met a Normal Person. That I think it's called Normal Person. But I love that never met, everybody's strange and weird and just like to allow yourself to be as strange and weird as you are, like I think connects. Don't go away. Pitch List will be right back after the break. CMA Fest takes over downtown Nashville tomorrow, June 6th through Sunday, June 9th. Catch shows all weekend with your favorite artists and bands, including podcast alumni like Seaforth, Levi Humman, Hunter Hayes, Steve Mokler, Shy Carter, and Jillian Jacqueline. Then rock out at Nissan Stadium four nights in a row with Kelsey Ballerini, Dirks Bentley, Kane Brown, and more. All included with your four-day passes. Grab yours now before they're gone, or just download the CMA Fest app or go to cmafest.com. Also, keep your eye out for Dana, our producer extraordinaire. She'll be roaming the halls of CMA Fest and at shows, interviewing artists, and generally spreading the word about Pitch List. If you see her, go up and say hi. And now, back to the show. Have you all ever been hanging with people who do more, you know, normal things for a living and then just being shocked at how crazy they were. I totally agree. Yeah. All my friends that aren't in music. I, yeah. <laughs> you go, you go out to the lake with them for the weekend and you're yeah. like, Oh my God, Where did this come from. Maybe that's because the jobs that they're having to do don't allow them to express. I, I it. think that's yeah. what it is. And we get to express yeah. it. We get to express it. We sort we get of get to, to get it. Absolutely. Out. I mean, we get to hang out with our friends all day. Yeah. You know? we do. I mean, totally. that's what, you know, sometimes after work, I, I realize that I've been, you know, I've been hanging out with my friends all day. And when I get home, I just want to, go home and sit in a corner quietly well, the great yeah no <laughs> i know and the great thing about our job is you know we have a co-writing day maybe two three four times a week um you get to show up usually you're going to show up or they're going to show up at your place with a really cool person who's really interesting yeah. you're going to have a nice cappuccino and you're going to sit down and talk about <laughs> 
anything you want. Yeah. Life's biggest questions. Absolutely. You can sit down with a brand new co-writer and say, listen, when you're thinking about the nature of good and evil, did God create evil or did it exist? <laughs> if you were to say that to a brand new co-writer, they wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah. You no, know? I think our first, me and Chris's first conversation yeah. was about the colonization of Mars. Right. So I think right. that definitely expresses. It's funny. Um, I uh, Yesterday I was sitting with, I was in my car and I was talking to someone on the phone and and, and and about to go into a right and JT Harding, yeah. incredible uh, force, uh, comes up to my window with the Empire Strikes Back shirt on, um, and says, "I can't." He, as I roll the window down, he goes, "I cannot wait to write with you today. It's going to be awesome." And he just walks in. And I thought about <laughs> what a crazy life I'm getting to live. That where somebody, my coworker, has now extended such encouragement to me and got me psyched up. My dad, I promise, he worked at. Uh, General Dynamics and Lockheed for 40-something years. I don't think he ever heard that from a coworker. No, I'm no. so excited to be working with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to bring that sort of forward. Yeah. Stereosog is like, we enjoy and get excited about work. When I look on the calendar and see that we're going to work together today, Dude, there's an the enthusiasm. Yeah, those yes. are, that's our enthusiasm. And, and that's what we should get to hear. And it's like when it gets so like curated it's really really hard to keep the joy it really is to like oh absolutely make it a mathematical equation as opposed sure. to this this watercolor painting which well, i think music should be i think part i mean that's human for me I, f I feel like it's human nature what we do is adapt we adapt our situation mm -hmm. like it, like it doesn't matter like if you're if you come into a lot of money one of these days, you're going to get used to having a lot of money. Yeah, you know? probably pretty, I mean, probably pretty quickly. I've heard, very, you, know, you know, it's like a new car. Very quickly, about two I, weeks. I even like went to the extreme. I remember right after, maybe a year after I signed my first publishing deal, I thought, you know, I, I just thought, man, how amazing is this? I can't believe that I'm getting to wake up and just play guitar or try to try to be creative. And guess what? A couple of years later, I was like, God, I do not want to do this today. And I would always like look up every now and then I would look up and there'd be the UPS truck driving down 17th Avenue. And I used to have to get up at two in the morning and load that truck. Right. And uh, it's always good to remind, you know, yourself of oh, those absolutely. situations. And uh, I guess like a couple of years into my first publishing deal, I knew I was just like kind of losing perspective. So I went, and, well, I went and got a job at the YMCA, just like I would, where I would have to get up at like four in the morning and sit by the, you know, wow, and, and that's like fold towels. It's just, 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 sort just of a way to, you? just to reconnect, just like, Hey dude, you, this, it's, it's just remember you, you know used what to have to it do is this. <laughs> it is easy to do because it can get to be a grind my friend bill luther came in the other day and said a quote and i just love it and he said if it's fun it'll get done <laughs> what well, dude i it's funny on the way here to do this podcast the people i'm enamored with and that that inspire me is opposed or, or i saw a traffic cop he was in the middle of the road over by, in, um, by this farmer's market, and he was directing traffic. But while he's directing traffic, he's dancing the entire time. Like he's doing dance moves in the middle That's of the street awesome. on a Saturday morning That's away from awesome. his family in the street. And he's got, a, you can tell he has headphones in, but he's dancing out there while he's doing it. This is amazing. And then, and uh, I've seen this traffic cop before and he does it all the time. Like, and I'm like, how are you getting to that place? Cause you're doing something that really probably isn't maybe the funnest thing you've ever, done. but somehow you found the joy in that mundane situation. You somehow it's no longer mundane. And that's what we have to constantly yeah, recreate. But this is a great example. So, I love that. So he's got himself in a better place and he's transferring that to everybody who's driving by him. You'd have to be a serious dick not to go by him and smile. A serious dick. A serious <laughs> dick. You know, like, what's that guy doing? You have to be like a 
grumpy grandpa. Yeah. I don't think cops should dance. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I bet there are those people, though. You know oh, I mean? yes. And I've been in those co-writes oh, with people yes. that are like, oh, my Lord. cops shouldn't dance. And I'm, yeah. those are the people I have to get away from. That's a never-ending rabbit hole. The, the <laughs> yeah. I'm rabbit sure, hole have you guys that. had that experience? Well, I, sure. I was playing basketball just the other night with a bunch of songwriters, and I was guarding a guy, this older guy, and he starts going, man, what about that little Nas X thing? Right. That ain't country music. That ain't country. And I was like, dude, what are you, why are you talking about a horse? Who cares about this? Yeah. Because about, why are you talking to me about this, first of all? And why do you care? Jealousy. Why? I don't understand. Yeah, I've never, I can't understand. Like, who cares? There's two reasons why We're people not. get really upset in this business on this level. One is fear. Fear, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. So, Better kill that in the nip that in the bud because that ain't my deal. So we're gonna right, shut right, that right. shit down. Right. And then the, and that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> and it sort of translates into jealousy. But I think it's really more self preserve a perceived self preservation. And and it, I think it always creates the opportunity for someone to be like, oh, okay, I like that, but I'm gonna do something far the exact opposite. It births something that's even more yeah. probably traditional than if you know everybody just kind of sitting in the middle. Well, you know what? Don't you think country music? Is I'm sitting here trying to think. Is there any other format that has so much self hatred, like and and worry about? It's like no other format is coming in every day and saying that ain't country. Well, I think it's you, crazy. You said it when you said a lot of those reactions and a lot of those emotions are 100% fear based. Yes, especially for writers, because when you you know if you go down the rabbit hole of, of hearing something that is a hit or popular that is nothing like you would ever do, there's a voice in your head that says, "Uh oh, you're you're obsolete. You're going to be you, you're you, out. If, if this is the new thing, if then this you're catches done. on, you better get some Roundup and spray it on this weed. Yeah, and and the the react the reaction is from fear. It's it's a fear based reaction. And, you know, that's where you can get into trouble where, you you know, if something becomes popular that that is out of your realm. I mean, the best thing to do is just to keep doing what you're doing and not yeah. worry about that, because eventually, uh, you know, there, there will be an artist that comes around that does gravitate yeah. to you. Yeah, there's and, and all, wouldn't yes, you wouldn't exactly you rather right. Wouldn't you rather have an artist gravitate to what you do naturally than to me, the most fearful, uh, scary situation would be for an artist to gravitate towards you by you doing something that you aren't. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. because yeah. if you, you have success it. with that, then you're going to have to remain do. to be that. You're going to have to continue mm -hmm. to be that character. And that's, yeah. that's, there's that no, will just lead to unhappiness. <laughs> there's probably no hell like being successful at something you never wanted. You don't want to be doing. That sounds horrible. It's got to be tough. I think artists have to do the same thing we do. You know, if you don't like a song, don't record it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, if, or like I heard that uh, Toby Keith said that early on. He said, uh, I can handle failing at this, doing what I want to do. I cannot handle failing at this, doing what somebody told me to. Absolutely. That I thought was wrong. Amen. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because, like, you're talking about being fear based, Ryan. Like, it's like, I think the music business folks, it's a lot easier just to say no to stuff. Like, it, 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 I don't know if it's easier, but it's safer probably than so to say you put your head out, put your neck out on there for somebody. Just you don't know what that's going to turn out. The people lose their jobs easier with those. Sure, you know? they also get super, super famous and super rich and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it is a risk. But it, the risk is there that they'll lose the small amount they already have or whatever. And but the internet and the world wide web are, um, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is is saying yes to everything. 
So we sit in that, that world where I think that's where the issue has become is like we have people that are in the business that you say, maybe say no, but the internet saying, yeah, give it to us, give it to us. Right. We'd love to have more. We just right. want more. And so that's, you know, why not give them? They yes. were saying, yeah, I want yeah. that. I want to hear it. I want to check it out. Yeah. And so we artists can't just sit around and if it's not, I mean, we, we sit with artists all the time that are struggling to keep things, keep themselves inspired and, you know, waiting three years to perfectly craft the perfect song or whatever. Um, and if you but if you don't have a record deal or you're you just start putting music out you know what i mean like oh absolutely put music out yes. and start the conversation with people nobody expects it to be no none of us are, there's the audience is not sitting around going i hope this artist filling his name is going to hit me with the perfect song no and they just know, want, i just want some part of him and it's very easy for artists to get stuck on this idea of I've got to make the perfect record. It's got to be this and that and then blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be the next Bruce Springsteen. And that, that's how it's going to work. When the truth is, this is a snapshot of where they're at right now. You know, yeah. a, a record is a snapshot. This is who they are and what they're doing right now. Absolutely. And when you get hung up on that, that, you know, this is the last record any human's going to make. And then we're going to put it in a spaceship and send it to Orion's belt. And this will represent all mankind. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. so, okay, what song do we need to write? You know, I think, and the one, I think the ones that are successful instinctually know that and they just get in there and do it. They just roll their sleeves up and get up there and do it. And then they pick the best songs they've got and roll. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, cause perfection will kill you from the get go. Well, that's, that's what I'm excited about. Just like us stereo saga putting out songs is, you know, it's, soon as you know what we put a song out we'll put another song out in a month and a half two months or whatever keep music coming out if we write something with an artist we put it out with them if we want to or whatever it keeps that it's like i i can definitely have a tendency to like look at a menu and think it's my last meal so it takes me forever to order right but knowing that i'm going to get to put out i think that's what happens a lot of times with people like oh yeah i'm only get this one single i don't know when i'll get it you know what i mean but knowing that if this don't work, we'll put another song out in yeah. two weeks, yeah. three well, weeks, and you're not, whatever it is. And technically, you're not trying to make it work. Yeah, exactly. You're just, yeah. you're just releasing. You're giving people the opportunity to, and people love to discover things. So let's talk about this. Say I'm listening to this podcast. What's my best way to encounter Stereo Saga? Spotify, Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I saw you guys. On, I looked up Spotify. Spotify popped up first from Google. Okay, cool. Yeah, and our Instagram. That, so you got it's a, a Spotify channel. Yeah, which you can website and you got a website stereosaga.com and, and that's on that YouTube, thing called the yeah. internet so you just yeah the inter interweber okay, the interweber www.stereosaga <laughs> 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 my mom's posting a lot on facebook about it you can yeah. follow her um she'd enjoy the followers uh, yeah. i don't have kids or whatever so mm -hmm. like it just seems like it's a fascinating thing to like love someone that much that you are just so blindedly biased in a way you know what i mean right like there are things that's I such love. a great take man i do the, i'll love my wife like that yeah I, but i don't you know i'm sure if it was coming from my own someone coming from my own loins is that the wrong word? Yeah, it's <laughs> biblical but it's <laughs> accurate i like how you said it's biblical but it's accurate it's as a well. little it's, it's like, a little strange but <laughs> that, like, we do uh, do that delineation that's yeah, for we, sure <laughs> you know what it is you don't see the big picture on their work. You get, you focus on the little things. Like yeah. if one of my, uh, my 16 year old play, and he's actually a great player, but he's still struggling with this or that. And you only, you, you focus on the, the parts that are working. 
with your child. If they're drawing a picture, it's like, wow, those colors are great. You know, and yes. it's like you just you you just instinctually focus on you'll find something that's great about it. So Spotify. Spotify, yeah. Apple and Music. then also I had one other question. Are you guys do you see this something where you might gig, where you might do shows at some point? Or is it more I mean, <laughs> really just a digital life? We all I mean, looked at each other like husbands and wives do when you I ask them a difficult question. I think that would be cool eventually to do like maybe slip a small show here. Yeah, I feel like it, like if there if there was certainly a demand for it, I mm-hmm. feel like we would certainly be open to that. I mean, it's yeah. honestly that's not something that I like wake up in the morning thinking about. Right. Just because honestly, I feel like it would probably take me weeks to even get back in the mindset of playing live. I mean, because yeah. you know how it is when you get in oh. the studio, man. Like we're go at like. First of all, we're we're trying to come up with parts. We're not trying to, right? You know, we're not trying to articulate or right. copy something perfectly. And they're they're like certainly two different muscles because I feel like my brain is like so wired from the you know the past ten years of knowing that, you know, when you're on red, you just go for it. And if you me- I I anticipate me- messing up yeah. like that like yeah. you know like I know that yeah you I'm, know you're gonna hit the, I'm about to walk off the cliff you're gonna any hit second. The, you're gonna hit the wall and yeah, the curves and, and you don't get you know you don't yeah. get redos like that that's live, true so. in live you sort of have to <laughs> throttle back a little bit so yeah slow down in the curve yeah but I you know not. yeah I would say not it's a different muscle for sure yeah it is a different well yeah because yeah. in the studio if you're doing it right you're not considering the audience you're, right. you're really not you're just considering this I'm following this stream the spirit I'm chasing this thing and then you can't do that on stage I mean yeah you right to, yeah, it's or it's not a, if it's like navel well no because stage. live is an interaction that's the yeah. beauty of it yeah. it's like it's a interplay of energy between the performer and the audience with with Brian and Jordan for me I'm, I've done projects over the last little bit that I decided I would just be the sort of the the ringleader on and um and it's really you know, it's one of those things where like you can be so self-loathing in those situations. It's like they say about tennis players and golfers, they become monsters. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they just have mm-hmm. themselves. But with this thing, it's like I want to my idea. I want my idea to be good. I want my idea to be creative and magic because I want these guys to be like, oh, that sounds awesome. Right. Well, you know what I mean? Like, well, so we kind of create. That's the co-writing process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. It, sh- it. Well, it should be. I'm not sure it always is. Yeah, that's right. I think what we've been able to do with the stereo saga, at least so far, is like to not let it be uh, so soaked in ego. And and sometimes co-writing can be like an ego-driven thing about like you say a line and someone responds with a line that's not as that's just different. It's not. Oh yeah. It's not no, that's, better. that's it's just a, different. That's, and we don't do that, which kind of makes this thing kind of move in a way. You know, it's like. Oh, that's that's cool. one more thing I wanted to talk about, and then we'll wrap her up. Ryan, you said a while back you talked about somebody having a hot hand. Sure. And I think that happens in a co-write or in recording, um, but sure. I think it's really good note for for writers, which is, you know, and I think it happens more at the beginning of your career than later, but people get nervous you know somebody's in the room just killing it and then they're not up on his you know for whatever reason that day this 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 guy this girl's got got she's just killing it and you have this instinct to want to contribute and to hang in there with them the sort of the five-year-old in you is like well i'm good too you know sure sure and then so and you're sort of throwing water on their fire and jamming up everything and i think it's a really great thing to talk about when somebody in the room's running, man, turn on the tape machine. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you're going to benefit. You and said it's like, it right there. It's an, it's an experience thing. 
you know it i is. mean it's it you, is. you know you have to, you do this for a while and you realize that you know egos are usually what kills a rider oh, a rider session and faster song. than faster than anything you know it'll yep. it'll kill it and you know i i personally i love it when someone comes in with an idea or like oh, a, yeah. or, or they get the hot hand i'm like yes thank you you know to, well, i love it i've seen that happen too where it's like you know, the other co-writer is picking out the 20% that isn't right. And again, you're jamming up your magic fountain. Absolutely. You you just let that thing go until it's done. I had a a co-writer that would say, um, at the risk of sounding dumb, he'd always say that before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was kind of like, you don't need to keep saying that. Everything we're saying ever is at the risk of being sounding dumb. That that's the job. Yeah, it's everybody's job, right? Any conversation that goes anywhere is somebody going. I think this. Yeah. Well, you, you hear know, it a lot of ways. You hear it a lot of ways too. I'm just spitballing or blah blah blah. And I think or daring to suck is another one they'll yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It's almost um, like a forward apology. Yeah, it is a forward <laughs> yes. apology. Yeah, the best co-writers in the world, and this is something I, I'm not very good at, but it's just being a good listener in the, yeah. the in the situation in the room because. Nothing encourages me more. That's a hard word for me to say. Encourages. I'm saying it weird right now. More I think about it, I say it weirder. Anyway, um, the that that when I say a line or Ryan says a line or Jordan says play something or whatever is for somebody in the room to go oh, or somebody to go or laugh or yeah. cheer or any yeah. of that stuff. That's yeah. the things that I'm like that's looking for is right. like this emotion. The, the last thing that when this is something the stereo saga should this would be our mantra maybe. <laughs> Just like we don't want you to ever shoulder shrug at our music. You know what I mean? Right. We don't want you to ever go, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like I would rather you just absolutely hate it. Yep. Or like flip up and stand on the table and say, right. "Everybody's got to hear this," you know. Yeah. Well, and that's the mark of all great music, probably any creative product. You either hate it or love it. What's going on with hate it and love it is they are both emotional responses. Yep. Good. Okay. This morning we have had Stereo Saga on Pitch List. Brian Simpson, Ryan Tindell, and uh, Jordan Rigby. Thank you guys so much Thank for being Chris. on the show. Thanks, it was Chris. really fun. Yeah. Man, had a blast. Um, it was really great to hang and talk to you guys. Thanks for having us, and thanks, thanks for man. continuing to bring people's attention to what goes on behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. Behind the big iron curtain. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time on Pitch List. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pitch List. I'd also like to thank all of you listening for all of your emails, tweets, and messages. Please let us know what you like about the show or how we could make it better. Head over to our Facebook page, Pitchlist Podcast, or go to pitchlistpodcast.com. Thanks again, and if you want, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. See you next time on Pitchlist.